When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Meet or on the rocks. It's the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Hey, joined now by Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast. It's an Odyssey original featuring the most notable names in Major League Baseball and all-around sports every week. It's an absolute thrill to have you on with us, Brett. How's the podcast been so far? Ah, so far, so good. We're moving along. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. We'll, we'll tell people about some of the guests and some of the things coming up. And uh, you know, let's start with the disclaimer here, Brett, because I think most people would know uh, that your brother uh, is the manager of the Yankees currently. We're not going to ask you about the job that he's doing, but you know, for the Yankees, it's somewhat of a slow start, and they did this last year too. And you know, from where you're sitting, is it just a matter of getting healthy or, you know, it, even if that's the case, like, what do you think it has to happen here for this team to actually get to the World Series for the first time since 09? Well, I think so. And, and you know, I kind of tease Aaron about it. He probably doesn't think it's funny all the time. I said, well, when you, how many guys are going to get hurt this year? You know, and it happened again. You got, you got Aaron Judge now in the I.L. Stanton's out for six weeks. I think he's got four weeks to go on that. Uh, but the big hits for me have been Rodon, the big offseason acquisition that was going to be in the two-hole behind Cole. Uh, he's out. Now he's out indefinitely, I'm hearing. He's got that that back issue. They're trying to figure out what's wrong. Severino's been a guy, for me, really frustrating uh, watching from a fan's perspective because he's got so much potential. I remember in the postseason, and, and I think we go all the way back to four years ago, I, I watched Severino, and I'd say, Look out for this guy. This guy's going to be a great pitcher. Seems like he can't, he just can't stay healthy. So right now, they've got Cole, uh, they've got Cortez, and they got Herman is, is really formidable, I think, in that, in that four or five hole. Uh, but they're kind of, they're, they're doing a patch job right now. You, you've had Brito make a couple starts, Clark Schmidt, uh, but, but they're definitely no match for a Rodon Severino. So Luiz again, the pen is a big part of that bullpen. He got hurt too. So, They've got to get healthy. You're missing you're missing Donaldson at third base. Uh, Bader, their center fielder, who's been out hasn't hasn't played yet this year. So they're really banged up. But but I'm kind of used to it at this point. The good point is 
they're in a tough division. Uh, that's really good division. Baseball. Look to is the game's different nowadays. You know, there's a lot more playoff spots to be had. So it's not like the, the 162 becomes as important as it used to be to, to get one of those coveted spots. There's so It's the easiest it's ever been to get to the postseason. That doesn't mean the postseason is easy as, as it's ever been. I, I think it might be the toughest because you've got to go through four rounds of, to win a World Series. But getting there, definitely easier. So I think for them, if they can kind of just hold serve for this next month, get through the next month, come out a little above 500, I think they can make a run get healthy, and then, you know, we'll get into September and see what happens. Brett, uh, where do you come down on Shohei? Because we believe that he's just not getting enough coverage. We, we want to, What he's doing is so remarkable. Uh, we, we haven't seen it ever in, in our lifetime, certainly. What about him being moved to a franchise here where he not only has a chance to win, but, but a franchise where he could be on a, in a bigger stage, a bigger platform, bigger spotlight? Could that destination be New York, in your opinion? It could be. You know, Shohei, first of all, let me – I love Shohei Otani. I never thought he could do it. I never thought we'd see this in our lifetime. You know, just this game is so hard to play on a day-in and day-out basis, just on the offensive side. It's so hard, the preparation you have to do daily. And then I watch the pitchers. They're doing their things. To If you would have told me he was going to be a seven-hole hitter, be an average player – and, and maybe pitch, you know, maybe pitch a couple innings in the bullpen right now. Yeah, that might be possible one day. But this guy's doing it as a number one starter in the middle of the lineup guy, producing a top ten on both sides. Unbelievable what I'm watching. And, and then he throws in a stolen base, too, just to kind of rub it in a little bit. The thing about him is I, I think he's really handling it. He's a likable guy. But, but when he steals second and he gives that wry smile to his second baseman, I think inside he knows he's doing something really special. And definitely from an ex-player's perspective, um, we're all in awe of what he's doing right now. It's just a matter of, you know, if you're an owner out there, it's awful scary. It, it's almost a too-good-to-be-true scenario. And, uh, and obviously you're going to have to pony up $50 million a year to get this guy, maybe even 60 depending on what the market's like. Uh, risk for a guy that goes two ways. You know, it takes one arm injury. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I I hope we, we get to see Shoei and what he's doing for as long as possible. But but I'd be a little nervous as an owner because it's going to be a, well, it's going to be the biggest. It's going to be the biggest contract in baseball. Artie Marino, interesting. You know, he, he was selling the ball club. All of a sudden, he decided, nope, I don't want. And Shoei Otani. I think that's the number. And the number one thing, obviously, on their radar, they got the you know the the best offensive player in the game, and Mike Trout already signed up long term. Showy and him, it's like a two man show. But uh, it'll be interesting what what happens the year he has. If he stays healthy again, man, it's it's it's, it's going to be a big contract, and all the big boys I think are going to be in on it. And it's not going to be about the bottom line dollars. It's going to be where does Showy want to go because it's going to be huge money no matter where he decides. And I think there's probably going to be, from what I'm hearing, there's going to be eight or nine clubs in on the bidding. That will be fantastic. Uh, he's the host of the Brett Boone Podcast and Odyssey Original. Brett Boone, our guest. Uh, Brett, on one of your recent podcasts, uh, you gave your thoughts on the age leaving Oakland. I mean, we, we all don't like this scene, right? But, I mean, where do we go from here? Um, the stadium in Vegas isn't ready. Um, should they play in a AAA park, or do you just kind of – Got it out here and just play in front of a few fans in Oakland over three years. 
I think for the good of the game, you should stay in a big league venue. I, I think, you know, I think a couple a couple years ago during the pandemic, uh, it was cool for the Toronto Blue Jays to go play in Buffalo. But the big leagues is the big leagues. And, and I think there are certain specs that are that are that are expected as a big league ballpark. Minor league ballparks aren't the same. The wind patterns are different. The, the You know, the stands aren't as high, so you never know what you're going to get. I think it should be one of the 30 venues. And believe me, the Oakland Coliseum is by far the worst venue going. <laughs> but uh, there's a soft side to it because I love hitting there. So I, I didn't mind going to the worst facility because I knew, I knew I had a couple hits coming. What I think they should do is, obviously, Oakland wants to stay in Oakland. But, but I think that they're buttoned up quite a bit with the Giants and, and that fan base. And there's red tape and it's back and forth. They haven't been able to come to an agreement or find a plot of land that all the parties can agree on. So now Vegas comes into the picture. I think Rob Manford's probably going to be a little bit hesitant with the Vegas angle. It's one thing for a football team to fly in on a on a Friday night, kind of be quarantined for a couple of days, play the game and go home. But Major League Baseball is a lot different. We, we go on the road for 10 days at a time. We play every day. And to have clubs coming in four games at a time, I think Manford's going to have a little bit of uh, pull back to there. It doesn't mean it won't get done. I think in the end, the dollars are going to prevail. And I think if Vegas is the place, they can, bu- they can build them a billion-and-a-half venue. I think you're going to see the Oakland A's go to Las Vegas. The other only thing that I don't hear people talking about is Vegas, the ball really flies, too. It, it not, so mu- not as much as a course field, but close. So you might be getting into a, a humidor situation if they do go to Vegas. So that'll be interesting, an interesting little twist. But uh, bottom line is money's always going to win out. And, and uh, if Vegas is going to shell it out and give them the venue they want, with the Oakland situation, you know, being their ownership, I'd be frustrated too. You see, you see your ball club going to all these different state-of-the-art venues, and you're still in this old coliseum that's kind of patched together. So I see that the frustration. Uh, and if you got to go to Vegas, I think you got to go to Vegas. That's going to put uh, fans in the stands. Brett, what was your you, you touched on it? What was your recollection of playing there at the Coliseum? Those, from what we remember, those Mariners A's game were, were a lot of fun, very entertaining. From what we remember, I, I loved it. I mean, I played in the original Coliseum when it was just baseball. Then they kind of transitioned to it uh, into a, a football and baseball stadium. That's where it kind of went awry uh, from the ba- baseball perspective. Aesthetically, it was kind of ugly. You know, originally when I came up to the big leagues in '92. It kind of had a Dodger Stadium look to it. From home plate, you could see the freeway, you could see out, uh, you could see the the sunrise, and it was a cool looking stadium. Now it's kind of an eyesore, and and people don't like it. But once again, as a big league player, especially a, a hitter, you don't care about how pretty the stadium is. You care at the end of the day how many hits did you get, and when you hit well somewhere, you always look forward to go there. So. Oakland wasn't my favorite town, favorite city to go to, but I loved hitting at the Coliseum. Yeah, Brett, while we're on the topic of uh, your your Mariners team, I mean, I, I'm sh- forgive me, I'm sure you get this question a lot here. 2001. Never. What, what never. No, you know, here it comes. I'm, I'm just lobbing this up to you. 116 wins and uh, not getting to the World Series. I mean, I, I'm sure the Boston Bruins, we're just kind of seeing this happen in hockey this year. They can relate. Brett, the, the best team doesn't always win in sports. You're right. And, and I think you're seeing it in this modern-day game with the playoffs, the, the way they're set up. A year ago, the Dodgers won 111 games. They got knocked out by the San Diego Padres. Here's by far the best team in baseball a year ago, 
and they're not going to the next round of the playoffs. I think we won so much that year, and and I, you know, I, I relate it to a magic carpet ride because at that time, you know, I had ten years in the big leagues. It was a veteran-oriented team, and it seemed like we just couldn't lose. And for the first time in my career, you know, I was always from the from the 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 school of you get the best players and the most talent and you steamroll your opposition. Well, that changed in 2001 uh, and chemistry became a part of that equation. It, it was a look. It was a smile. It was like the seventh inning and we're down by two. I'd look at a teammate. He'd look back at me and it wasn't from an arrogant breath. It was just kind of a, a matter of fact, like, you know, we're going to come back and get these guys. Right. And, and it seemed like more times than not, we did. I can't chalk it up to anything more than it was a magic carpet ride. I think everybody there, you know, we had a team full of, of gold glovers. We had batting champs uh, on that team. We had all-stars. Um, but it was, as a collective unit, it was a fun team. And I think everybody that you don't have years like that. It was a once-in-a-lifetime year. A lot of guys had career years that year, myself included. And it was just one of those where we appreciated the ride because we knew this doesn't happen and it'll probably never happen again. So we did. And the only thing, and, and we sit around to this day when, when that group of guys gets together and we talk about it, we kind of look at each other like, how could we not finish the deal? You know, we went into every, every series with, it wasn't a matter of, uh, of if we were going to win the series, it was whether we were going to sweep the opponent or we were just going to win two out of three or three out of four. And 9-11 hit that year. You know, first of all, we got the record. It was talked about from probably the All-Star break on because we had such a, such a lead in that division. And it seemed like every day we had the national press coming in. Are you going to break the record? Are you going to break it? We don't know. We're still 40 games away. And finally, we won that 116. We had a little get-together just amongst teammates, a little champagne, mini, mini celebration. And we kind of looked around and like, finally, it's over. No more questions. But now all of a sudden, wait a minute, we still got the postseason to go to 9-11 hit. That was tough for everybody. Uh, and we went into the Yankee series. We had handled them well all year. We had no worries. It wasn't a matter of whether we we're going to win or lose. We just had to play that series and go on to the World Series and then, and then play the games, win the World Series, get our trophy and go home. And it didn't work out. You know, the Yankees. It, we both didn't play very well, and I like to say, and it's not correct English, the Yankees played less bad than we did. <laughs> Brett Boone, our guest here in the sports bar, giving us some of his time sharing some stories from his times in the big leagues. And during that time, your, your teammates with the legendary Ichiro, I'd love to get some insight, what he was like as a person, what he was like as a teammate. We've, we've heard stories about his work ethic and how uh, that was unlike anything that anybody had ever seen. What was your memory of, wor- of, uh, of playing with Ichiro? Uh, he's a piece of work. He still is. <laughs> he's, uh, I'll tell you what he is. He's, uh, nobody kind of knew what to expect when he came over, didn't speak much English, went about his business, very, very uh, regimen-oriented. I mean, he was here at a certain time. He's stretching at a certain time. He, he had a routine. And as you got to know him through spring training, uh, very likable, very charismatic, very funny. As the season went on, you, you realized he knew a lot more English than you thought he knew. But he always would he, – he, he'd say something at the right time, and you'd think, for a guy that's only been in this country for a few minutes now, how does he know – how can he be so on point with that, with that dry sense of humor that he had? 
very charismatic, still is to this day. Uh, I saw him uh, at the end of spring training. I was over uh, in Seattle camp, and, and I ran into him again, still running around, still got his wristbands on, acting like he's a player. <laughs> he's a once-in-a-lifetime guy. I mean, he's a guy that still suits up every day, throws batting practice, shags fly balls, hits in the cage, and, and he's coming up on 50 years old. Great player. Uh, you know, kind of paved the, the way. He was the first Japanese hitter to come over. I think Hideo Nomo was the first Japanese pitcher. Uh, but he definitely uh, did, Jap- uh, did Japan uh, well. He definitely he showed them in a great light. And, and, and I think with what Ichiro did, and, and I don't want to – Godzilla and, and played for the Yankees, uh, Matsui. Uh, these guys paved the way for, for all the Japanese players coming over here today. And as a result of that, I think it's great for the game of baseball. Now you're going to get the best players in the world. And, and maybe without Ichiro kind of cracking that, maybe we wouldn't see a Shohei Otani. You know? So I, I think it was a great thing. He was, he was a great ambassador for the game. But he was funny. He was funny. And uh, I, can't, I can't really tell you a lot of the jokes or what he was really <laughs> like behind the scenes. But uh, – Believe me, it was entertaining. Yeah, we're, we're, a couple more questions here for Brett Boone, uh, which you can hear the Brett Boone podcast and Odyssey original. We'll tell you details about that. Uh, the One of the big stories in baseball this season, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Very happy for Pirate fans, but the question is, is this actually sustainable? Not just this year, but, I mean, is Pittsburgh's ownership really, Brett, going to keep the homegrown talent here and try to build a winner? Well, I think, you know, Pittsburgh was in the news last week, uh, not only because they got off to a great start and, and an unexpected start, but Brian Reynolds signing that contract. When's the last time you heard a pirate signing a nine-figure deal? Yeah. I don't I don't think we've heard that in a long time. So I think that was positive for the game of baseball. Uh, they've got a couple real good feel-good story. Brian Reynolds, so far, I, I think if you had to take a vote right now, is the MVP of the National League. Um, and I would say if they were in any other division – except for the division they were in, I would say it's not likely that they're going to go that far. I think it's a feel-good. I think, I think they're definitely improved. I think they have one of the best closers in baseball. I think they have a real formidable staff, some good young players. I think uh, it's, it's breathed a little light into McCutcheon's comeback, going back to Pittsburgh where he started and had MVP caliber seasons. Um, but in that division, I'm looking up and down on that division, the Reds and the Cubs, the Cubs kind of did some patchworks. They're a little bit better than they were a year ago, but nothing, I think, that's, that's daunting. Uh, the Cardinals got off to that terrible start. They're 10-20. and 20. That's a pretty big hole to dig in just in April, and Wainwright's coming back making his first start. He's kind of the anchor of that staff, but he is 40, 41 years old. Uh, the, only, the only opponent I worry about in that division is probably the Brewers. And, and Woodruff's down now. They've got to be at full force in that, in, in that starting rotation to, I think, make a run like they have the last few years and grab a playoff spot. But if they were in any other division, I, I'd say not count on them. But in that division, I wouldn't count the Pirates out this year. It would be a great story for the game of baseball. Brett, I can't believe we've gone this far without uh, asking you about the rule changes in baseball. I think a lot of the fans love it. We hear from the players that they don't. I'm curious as to where you come down on these uh, new rule changes that have sped up the game this season, Brett. Well, I'm kind of a purist, and when I heard about it this winter, I don't like change, uh, but I also decided I was going to have an open mind about it. And uh, I talked to a lot of the managers early on in spring training. They loved it. And, and I wasn't quite sure yet. You know, I have a lot of 
we take a lot of pride uh, of being the only major sport that doesn't have a clock. And now all of a sudden we have a clock. Hmm. But the, the feedback from the fans, I think the fans really like it. My questions early were, what if I have a bug in my eye? I can't, you know, I can't call time. You know, a lot of times if my pitchers was, was laboring on the mound, that was a time for me as a second baseman, come in and give them a breather. You can't really do that anymore. What, what happens in a big situation if the pitcher and catcher can't get, get on the same page? Uh, I think there's going to be some tweaks that have to be made to it throughout the year, maybe in the postseason. In the seventh inning, you turn it off. Nobody wants to see uh, the outcome of a ball game being called by a pitch violation. I don't think you know fans on either side would want to see a game uh, decided in that fashion. But overall, you know, on this side of the microphone, being in the media, having to cover games, I, I DVR some games, and it doesn't take me that long to get through them. It's amazing how how much uh, quicker it's moving along. I think some positive things too are. Because you have to be ready, you know, because you have to engage the pitcher at the eight-second mark, you're, you're kind of in hit mode now as a hitter. I think you're going to see more balls getting put in play. I think with, with uh, taking the shift away, it incentivizes hitting the ball on the ground like it always has in the game of baseball. So I think you're going to see more contact. I think that the two-throw-over rule, if, if, I'm a, if I'm an elite base stealer, I'm licking my chops right now. You're making it too easy on me. At the same time, it's incentivizing people to steal bases again. So you're getting back to some of that old-school baseball. You're moving runners. You're stealing bases. Uh, and you're putting more balls in play and less strikeouts. You know, let's see how it plays out, and we'll get the data at the end of the year. But I think it's going to be in a positive way. I think it's going to be a crisper game, and I think the fans are enjoying it. And the bottom line is, at the end of the day, that's what it matters. If the fans love it and they pay to get sit in those seats, then you're going to keep them in play. But I think so far, so good I'm, I'm kind of surprised that I'm this open to it, and, and I am, and I. It's just a, it's just a crisper game, because we, we're getting away from it a lot, you know, with the strikeouts, and you know, I love moving a runner over. That's how you play the game. That's how you develop camaraderie amongst a winning team. Stealing bases, they were getting away from that. It was all about the home run, and and to me, it was getting a little bit boring. This adds a little more action. I think it's going to be good for the game. Time will tell. Ball and play. Love it. Uh, Brett Boone, our guest here. The, the, you've had the kid on your show. You've had John Smoltz. Tell everybody more about the podcast, when it drops, where they can get it. Uh, we, we go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can get it on anywhere you get your podcast. Download the Odyssey app. It's, it's there, obviously, but Apple, wherever you get your podcast. We go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And usually on Friday, I, I do a turn and two with Boone segment where I'll just kind of break down the stories of the week. I might tell you what to watch on Netflix. Who knows? <laughs> That's going to be the Friday episode. The Monday episode, Monday and Wednesday episodes are, are, are interviews. And uh, you mentioned Smolty and Griff. We've had over 300 guests now. Uh, Eric Musselman, the, the Razorback head coach of the basketball team, he was on today. Next Wednesday, Wednesday, I think we're going to have John Daly coming on. Uh, Howard Johnson, who's going to the Mets Hall of Fame uh, this summer, is going to be coming on on Monday. So, yeah, we'll keep it rolling. It's three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. Netflix, did you check out The Diplomat yet, Brett? I have not. Okay. I've been, yeah. been kind of in a, I, I went terminal list. You know, I'm still a succession guy. Succession's starting to piss me off a little bit. Well, I, I can't I can't ruin it if you succession guys out there. But but do we have to be sarcastic with every single line? 
I, I want him to be serious a little bit. It's, it's wearing on me a little bit, but I'm going to tune in on Sunday and watch the next episode. But I'm into the terminal list, uh, night agent, and a recent bodyguard. You know how you go on Netflix and it says, if you like this, watch yeah. this? Well, I've been following their lead, and, and my last three are home runs. Look at you. Brett Boone, man, thank you so much for carving out time out of your schedule to join us here in the sports bar. I hope we get the chance to do it again, and, and best of luck with the pod. It sounds awesome. You got it. Thanks, guys. You Thanks, got Brett. it. There is Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast. It's an Odyssey original. Make sure to follow the Brett Boone Podcast inside the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That, uh, that was fun. Loved it. I loved it. And when you talk to a guy who's played the game, and has the the stories and the I mean, I we could spend another hour talking to Brett. I would love to just pick his brain and have him share stories of his time as a major leaguer. Can we go back to the one thing though? Because he was part of what many consider to be the best team never to win the championship. Yeah. And, and I didn't want to really kind of like, but he knows the questions coming. Yeah. But I think it's relevant when you see, hey, Boston Bruins, pew, like. Is this actually good for the sport when you have teams like this? But then when it comes to the postseason, hmm, they just kind of wilt. I love what he said. It, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to do, but it has gotten easier to get into the postseason. And I think it makes the championship that much more challenging because you have to fend off guys and teams that, that had to work to get into the postseason. Maybe not as hard as 116 wins, but they got in and now you have to be you have to remain sharp. You have to mind your P's and Q's and make sure you're executing. Uh, it, it's. I know you're not expanded playoffs guy, but man, I love it. I just think it's so much fun when you see an upset like that. You root for the underdog. Who wasn't happy to see Boston get bounced after all of the arrogance of the regular season and all of the records and everything? Like, and they lost. Well, we find it funny because it's Boston. Yes, yeah, that's why. Yes, but I'm like, dude, dude, did the Miami Dolphins with Skylar Thompson? Yes, they almost beat the Bills, <laughs> but the Steelers the year before, like the seven seed in the NFL playoffs, is like, ugh. Seattle this year was that real? Did they really merit a, a playoff spot? No. Well, I, maybe it's different sport by sport in the NFL. I think there are more haves versus have-nots. Maybe that there's a clear line. See, the the thing with baseball, it's every day these games should mean more, and they. You just don't like. There's there's no panic right now for any team that's below five hundred. Yeah. There shouldn't be. Even even our mouth breather friends in St. Louis, <sighs> ten and twenty. Mike Danger, you're wrong. Yeah, <sighs> we're facing Shohei tonight. Yeah. We're gonna no, show the world. No heart in that fan base. Just no heart whatsoever. Leaving Major League Baseball playoff games early at home. Get out of here. All right, we got a round of shots coming up during happy hour, which is next in the sports bar. And Gino, I, I, we haven't talked a lot of Buffalo Bills today. We don't have any really Bills news, but we are just over a week away from the NFL announcing the schedule. And so we can take a closer look here. Once again, we know who the Bills are going to be playing this upcoming season. Uh, and I would imagine that we're going to get confirmation on the London game at some point here within the next few uh, what days. What are we waiting for? There's a lot of speculation that it's Jacksonville, and we'd be fine with that. Sure. But, uh, yeah, we, so, like, if you just kind of, what are we going to do, our own kind of mock schedule? Yeah, I think we look at the schedule and we kind of uh, or look at the opponents and kind of think to ourselves, who's going where? And, uh, honestly, like, you know, what we know about the Bills right now, we've been saying it since the draft. The final 53 is pretty much set. There's not a lot of bubble players on this team. So take our roster, specifically our quarterback, and look at some of the Bills' opponents, and, and then let's see 
just how many wins at this stage of the offseason we think the Buffalo Bills end the 23 season with. Hmm. Can we do that? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, you can join us as well. It's the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman Line at 866-4-FAN, 585-866-4326. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. And the new location at 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester. GoodSmokeBBQ.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.